grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today from the Gospel reading, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. This is our text. That is our text, and and we'll talk about that shortly. But first, there's another scripture passage that I'd like you to listen to. That's from the Old Testament book of Leviticus. Proclaim liberty throughout all the land to all the inhabitants thereof. Who knows on what famous object that verse is inscribed. Does anybody know? A few, and I think I heard it. The Liberty Bell draws its name from the verse. Proclaim liberty through all the land. The Liberty Bell has resided in the city of Philadelphia since 1752. And if you do the math, that's 24 years before the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Now, because of its famous crack, the Liberty Bell has not rung for a long, long time. But the liberty that it proclaims does ring throughout our land. And that freedom rings loud and clear for all to hear. And it's freedom, isn't it, that we as a nation have been celebrating again this weekend. That's what brings us here, to thank God for the freedom that we enjoy in our nation, as well as to thank those who have defended and protected that freedom for us. As your outline indicates, there are different kinds of freedom. And I've listed four there, political freedom, religious, financial freedom, and the freedom that we especially celebrate as Christians, which today I'm referring to as real freedom. Now that doesn't mean that the first three are not real. I'm just trying to make a distinction between them and the fourth kind of freedom, because those first three have a couple things in common. One of those is that they are not always available to all people at all time. And secondly, all of them can be taken away from people pretty much at any time. By contrast, real freedom is God's gift to everybody who will receive it through faith. And nobody can take it away from us. So let freedom ring loud and clear for all to hear. Today we celebrate our nation's political freedom as well as the religious freedom that the first pilgrims came to our shores in search of. We're beginning to see the erosion of some of those freedoms in our nation. And I say that not so much to to sound an alarm as to suggest that that really shouldn't surprise us too much. And 
that we can learn from those who paid the price to achieve that freedom for us of what might be required from us at some time in the future. History has all kinds of examples of of those who have paid the price for our freedom. I think it's fitting on this 4th of July weekend that, that we think especially of the 56 signers of the Declaration of Independence. They risked their own liberty and their very lives by placing their names on that document. And in fact, many of them suffered terribly as a result of their actions. The cost of freedom has continued to to be paid throughout history, including today. Soldiers and their families know that all too well that the price of freedom is a very high, sometimes tragically high, almost unbearable one to pay. So we honor and thank you for your service and for your sacrifice. One way that that we can do that, each of us, demonstrate our gratitude is by recommitting ourselves, each of us, to paying the price for our liberty. Because that's how we get both political and religious liberty. You've got to pay the price. Well, that brings us to the next one in your sermon outline, financial freedom. How do we get that? (laughs) I have no idea. (laughs) But if I did, you'd be all ears, wouldn't you? So what does that tell us? I think maybe that that's a bit of a warning to us, or at least it can serve as a reminder to us that financial freedom like political and religious freedom, can be taken away from us. That's why real freedom is found only in Jesus. He says, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, then you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Real freedom comes from holding on to this truth about Jesus. He paid the price for our liberty. We can say it this way, political freedom is ours when we stand on our own two feet. Real freedom is ours when we kneel before the one true God. That's why we want always to let freedom ring loud and clear for all to hear. What we especially celebrate again this day is our freedom from fear of the enemy. I'm not talking now about the enemy's of our nation, but the enemy of all people. Enemy with a capital E, the devil, with all his power, death with all its sorrow. We're here today to honor our heroes. At the very top of the list is the greatest hero of all, who paid the highest price ever to purchase for us the greatest freedom imaginable. The freedom not just to live without guilt, but also to die 
without fear. That's real freedom. The freedom that we receive when we kneel before God in humility and faith. Let that freedom ring loud and clear for all to hear. Well, so far we've been talking about how we get freedom. Point number two in your outline talks about how we use those freedoms. I think we know that very well with really the, uh, with the first three. I'm not going to spend much time talking about it, but I think it's worth a little bit of review uh, for those that we correctly use our political freedom when we exercise our civic responsibility to vote by our continued willingness to defend our freedom at all times. It's not just the job of the military to do that. That task falls to each of us as we are asked to, to stand up for what's right and to stand against what's wrong, to speak out against injustice, and to speak up for those who are unable to defend themselves. That's how we use our political freedom. We best use our religious freedom by doing what we're doing right now, gathering together with God's people to worship Him. Religious Freedom is, is all about the right to believe what we want without any interference from the government. And the highest expression of our religious freedom is found right now, right here, in public worship. What a shame that so many people voluntarily relinquish that freedom. Then there's financial freedom. As we've already established, I'm no expert on this one, but I can tell you this. Don't overestimate its value. What can seem to be financial independence can actually become just the opposite. It can become a form of bondage if we allow ourselves to become dependent on what we have rather than the one who has given us what we have. And that leaves one more type of freedom to consider. I'd like to spend a little more time on, on how we use it. We've said that we get real freedom by believing in Jesus, but how do we use that freedom? I mean, we're free, but free to do what? To sin? Is that what that freedom means? If that's what you think, well, actually, you're absolutely right. You are free to sin. I don't, I don't know how else to say it. I can't stop you, and, and God won't stop you. If you think that sinning is the way to use the freedom that you have in Christ, you can do that. But really, am I free to sin is the wrong question. The right question is, do I want to sin? In Christ, you are free to do whatever you want. So what do you want? And before you answer, remember what Jesus said. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. 
What that means is that while you are indeed free to sin, exercising that option will make you anything but free. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. But then Jesus goes on, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. He has, and we are, free. Let freedom ring, loud and clear for all to hear. How do we do that? Well, you know, think back to the Liberty Bell. God, at least in a sense, calls each of us to be little Liberty Bells, proclaiming to all people His liberty, our freedom in Christ. And the Bible tells us how to go about doing that. In our epistle lesson today, St. Peter said, Do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as servants of God. St. Paul says something very similar in Galatians chapter 5. You are called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. Many Christians, or I think that we can best illustrate those verses with this story. I found it online, so I can't vouch for its accuracy. The story is about Abraham Lincoln, that he went to a slave market and was moved by compassion to place a bid on a young slave girl. Well, he won the bid and was walking away with his newly acquired property. There was a sullen, angry expression on the girl's face because she knew that here was another white man who had bought her and would abuse her. But as they left the slave block, Lincoln said to her, You are free. What does that mean? She demanded. It means you are free. Does that mean I'm free to be what I want to be? Yes, you're free to be whatever you want to be. Does that mean I'm, I'm free to say what I want to say? Yes, you're free to say whatever you want to say. Does that mean I'm free to go where I want to go? Yes, you are free to go wherever you want to go. Then said the girl, I will go with you. Like that girl, we are also free to go. To walk away from God whenever we want. But why in the world would we want to do that? I know there are many times when walking away from God by giving in to temptation sounds like a really good idea. And I also know that we can resist that temptation only when there's an alternative that, it has, that has an even greater appeal for us. St. Paul talks about that alternative. Do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. Many Christians have discovered that serving beats sinning every time. Of course, we have to be realistic about what this means. It can certainly be a lot easier to say than to do, to, to choose to serve rather than to sin. 
It's easy to become discouraged by the many times we fail, especially when we compare ourselves to others who who seem to do so much better than we do. But God doesn't ask us to compare or to compete. He can use flawed objects. Think back again to the Liberty Bell. There's no way to know this, of course. But I'm kind of wondering if it would be as famous as it is if it didn't have that big crack in it. And you know what that crack means, don't you? It means it can't be used the way that it was supposed to be used. Well, we have cracks all over us, don't we? And you know what? God says he can use us cracks and all, flaws and all. In fact, maybe in some ways he can use us even better now because we know what his grace and what his forgiveness are all about. He doesn't ask us to compare ourselves to others or to compete with others. We're free to live our lives the best way we can with God's guidance and help and with his forgiveness when we come up short. That's the freedom, the tremendous freedom, the real freedom we have in Christ. And you know what I say to that? Let freedom ring. Amen. And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.